discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. What a blessing. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Are you ready for the word? It's going to be a wonderful time today. And I want you to get your, your notebooks. There's so much God is going to share with us. I, I pray that you are ready for it. Hallelujah. So let's pray and I will dive straight into the word of God. Okay? All right. Father, thank you for this morning once again. We are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the beauty of your son. Thank you for the perfection of your son, Jesus Christ. Our perfect sacrifice and perfect substitute. We are grateful, Lord. We are thankful. Oh, we see your work. We see your hand in bringing us close to you, in reconciling us to yourself through your son, Jesus Christ. This morning, Lord, we ask that you open the eyes of our understanding in a very special way. Grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Grant us knowledge concerning your son, Jesus Christ, and what he has done. Let the eyes of understanding be flooded with so much light this morning. Bring us so much clarity. Help us see what you have done. So that we can live in the realities of the power of the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for grace released upon all of us. Speak to us, Lord. Dear Holy Spirit, take over. Take over our hearts. Our hearts are given to you. You have access to our hearts. Make the changes you need to make in our hearts. Bring us grace. Bring us confidence. Bring changes into our lives in a very special way. We receive your word with meekness, with gladness, with great joy, knowing that it's a means of continuous change and renewals, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a blessing. So this morning, you know, I've been sharing with you on uh, the reality of the power of the cross, isn't it? And uh, the last time I shared along this line, I shared concerning the reality of our sin removed, isn't it? I don't know if you remember. How many of you remember what I'm talking about? How many of you remember what I'm talking about? Give me a wave if you remember what I'm talking about. Give me a wave if you don't know what I'm talking about. Give me a wave if you don't know what I'm talking about. Keep your, lift your hand, give me a wave if you are clueless. Because some hands are not coming up at all. Amazing. Hallelujah. Are you in the church? Let me say something before. I, how many of you are new? Like you've not been in church for more than 
two weeks or three weeks. Give me a wave. Okay. All right. So one of the things you need to know is that um, the house of God is a place of liberty. Okay. Huh. So we are communicating. When I ask you a question, you have to you have to answer. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hey. There are different types of churches with different types of um, cultures, okay, or even different types of responsibilities. Uh huh. Like um, the way things are done are different in different places because of the type of calling that God. When we say ministry, we are talking about a service. Uh, God is serving us and we are also serving God you get it uh-huh. so god has sent god sends different ministries to accomplish different things in his body okay and depending on what you have been called to to do it comes with a certain administration or a certain operation certain way of doing things that's where culture and all those things come in you get it uh-huh. So we have a culture of responding to God's word. So maybe you don't know. That's that's what I'm telling. Maybe you may not. You you may have come from a place where everybody's quiet. Nobody has to say anything. Everybody has to be very disciplined when the word of God is coming, or diplomatic when the word of God is coming. If you if you are not careful when you you say something, you'll be surprised what will happen to you. Uh, that's not the kind of environment we are in. Please, you understand? Uh, so try and loosen up. When you're losing up, you see, your faith can work when you're losing up. You have to receive the word of God with faith. You require, you know, to be able, or else whatever it is that God has for you will not come. You get it? The congregation, um, determines what information is given the interest of the congregation yes the interest of the congregation determines what kind of information is released by the spirit when the congregation is interested and the congregation is excited to 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 receive what the word of god is saying more can come okay so it's not how powerful the preacher is it's how receptive the people Ah, I hope you get it. Uh-huh. So your reception is what will determine what will be given to you. Okay? All right. So I hope, I hope that is okay now. I hope that is clear from there. Some of us are new. That's why I had to say that. Okay? All right. So I'm sharing on the reality of all debts paid and canceled. The reality of all debts paid and cancelled. The reality of all debts paid and cancelled. All debts paid. All debts paid and cancelled. You need to live in that reality <laughs> that all debts have been paid. Is it? The last time I shared along these lines, I spoke concerning the reality of sin removed. Sin taken care of. Okay? Sin has been taken care of fully. <laughs> Look at First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says, Jesus, his own self, bear our sins in his own body 
on the tree, which is the cross. Have you seen it? Jesus, his own self, who his own self, who is actually in reference to Jesus Christ. This is Jesus, his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the, on the cross or on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So Jesus was sent to come and come and die, to come and die for sin and to remove sin so that we should live unto righteousness so that we can be dead unto sin and i think you need to if you've not if you weren't here when that message was being shared it's on the podcast the podcast has so much information that if you don't go to it you may not know what is really happening because normally when the message is preached once or you hear it once you only retain just about 11% of what has been said. You need to keep going to it over and over and over again to understand what is being said. Okay? So, you see, the Bible mentions that the wages of sin is what? So someone had to die. Jesus had to pay for the, the wages, the, the payment of, of the problem of sin. And he died on the cross of Calvary to take the punishment for sin. I see in it. He died on the cross of Calvary to take the punishment for sin so that all sinners will be absorbed. That's what Jesus came to do on the cross. Okay? So now, sin is not a problem anymore. Stop making sin a big deal. There are preachers who make sin a big deal. Meanwhile, it's not a big deal because that's what Jesus came for. And I spent one and a half hours talking about this particular thing. So please, you need to listen to it. Okay, it's very important. Hmm? Then I, I remember mentioning Romans chapter 3, verse 23, where it says that, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus has now paid for sin. He's paid for sin. He's been punished for sin. The wages of sin, which is death, was laid on Jesus Christ. It's called the just for the unjust. Jesus was made sin who knew no sin. He became the very embodiment of sin in order to remove sin. Hallelujah. It's fully paid for on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. So all men had fallen short of the glory of God because they had sinned. Now Jesus comes and pays for sin or removes sin through his death takes the full punishment of sin, takes the full judgment of sin, and removes sin, so that all of us can be restored to the glory of God. So now as a child of God, what you should be busy yourself about is the glory of God. Not busy yourself about sin. Because what prevented us from having glory, caused man to fall from the glory of God, is what Jesus came to pay for. Am I making sense? Jesus came to pay for sin. Once and for all. It's all over in the scriptures. So that we can be restored to righteousness. Anyone who is born again is now restored to glory, rather. It's now the glory of God, in the glory of God, and can live the way God wants him or her to live. You are not short of the glory of God. <laughs> See, I'm not short of the glory of God. Yeah, so instead of walking around thinking that, oh, there's something wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with you, brother. Are you born again? 
that's what, what, what it means to be born again is to, is, means that you have trusted in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for you. You believe that you can't pay for your sin. You can't, can you pay for your sin? You can't pay the wages. The wages of sin is eternal death. You can't. You can't. It's not possible. So that's Jesus, God sent Jesus Christ to come and pay for, for sin. So I don't know why you are still busy yourself about sin. But today I want to share with you on how debt, all the debts has also been paid. And all the debts has been paid and cancelled by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So please, I just said what I said concerning the first one so that you go and listen to it. Okay? Hallelujah. I pray that God gives you understanding. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 18, Deuteronomy 21 verse 18 to 23, the Bible says that if a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them. They are beating, he's not listening, they are beating him, he's still not listening. Next verse. Then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. He shall be brought to the gate to the entrance of the city. Then he says, And they shall say unto the elders of the, of the city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. This our son. They gave it to him. But the boy is not listening to them. He has become prodigal. That is the prodigal son right there. You see, the prodigal son deserved something called stoning. And that's what I want to show you here. Look at the next verse. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shall thou put evil away from among you, and all of Israel shall hear and fear. So a, a, a prodigal son is one who is stubborn, is, is a drunkard, is into riotous living, does not listen to the mother or listen to the father, even after being chastised, all of that does not listen. And it's due to all kinds of things. What he deserves is what? Stoning. A stoning. Say stoning. stoning. Do you know that you and I are the prodigal sons and daughters? All of humanity was prodigal. Because we, did, we didn't, we see, man disobeyed God who is his father. And what man deserved was stoning. If you read in First Peter chapter 2 once again, um, verse 25, look at First Peter 2, 25. It says, for you were a sheep going astray. All of us are like sheep going astray. Prodigal. Every human being. He's showing you your past. It's for you were a sheep. Okay, going, let, let's read from verse 24 so you can, you can understand it. Even some. It says, who is own self? Remember, I just read this some few seconds ago. Who is own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Then he says, he died on the cross because you were all a sheep going astray. All of us were prodigal. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. He says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Have you seen it? We have turned everyone to his own way. Everybody, the Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. No, not one. Not even a single person. In Romans chapter 3 from verse 9, you see, you see Paul describing the disobedience of man and the lawlessness of man. He says, what then? Are we better than they? No, in no, in no wise. For we have both before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. Next verse. All of them, as is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. 
Not if everybody has gone astray. Next verse. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. Not even one person. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. This is the state of human beings. Disobedient to God. Wicked to themselves. Look at the next verse. It says, their throat is an open sepulchre. Let's read uh, 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 NLT. It says, their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. This is the natural human, human being. And that's why you see that guy telling you stories. He's telling you, baby. You know, from the first that I saw you. Ah, Valentine's is coming. <laughs> is this week? Man, what a shock. Someone will be lying to someone. Oh, yes. I tell you, this Thursday, snake venom drips, venom drips from their lips. Wicked whatever. Yeah. Bad boys and girls. Cobras. Cobras, I tell you. Everybody has gone, sheep that have gone astray. Yeah. That is human, that is how human beings are. As well. And what we deserve as prodigal sons and daughters who have disobeyed their father God is stoning to death. That's what you deserve. But if you notice, when the prodigal son came back and his father met him, the Bible says his father hugged him. And when he hugged him, he killed a fa- the fatted calf. Do you see? Actually, the fatted calf was supposed to be, the, the, the boy was supposed to take the place of the fatted calf. Because when you, when you come, watch what is supposed to We catch you and we stone you to death. That's what you deserve. Do you see? That's what you deserve. Now, Jesus, when Jesus came, he came as a replacement for you and I. Jesus was never prodigal. Almost every single thing Jesus said and did was in obedience to his father. Jesus said that, I can of my own self do nothing. As I see my father work, even so do I. Jesus was in complete obedience to the father. Very highly obedient. There was no problem. Even at the foot of the cross, even at the, the, the edge of death, he said, not my will, but your will. I is in it. John 5 text says, I cannot my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is judged because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Jesus was in complete obedience to the Father, whilst all of humanity was in complete disobedience to the Father. Do you see? So when Jesus was taking our place, he took our place. We are, we are the prodigal sons and daughters. Humanity. Now you are born again. Just understand the terms, okay? So, the, the, the challenge of humanity is that they've been prodigal and the, the punishment is that they must be stoned. But Jesus was not prodigal and he needed to take our place as prodigal sons. So Jesus needed to be stoned in our place. I don't know if you get it. But Jesus could not be stoned because he was not prodigal. And he also needed to do more than be stoned because of something more beyond the stoning for us. We were not just prodigal. We were also accursed or cursed. 
Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 21. It's very serious. The allegations laid against humanity was very wild. We're reading Deuteronomy 21, right? It says they shall, that we are now, we are in verse 20 now. It says the guy is, what about 21? And all the men of the city shall stone the guy, isn't it? But look at the next, verse 22. It says, and if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, did humanity commit a sin worthy of death? Yes. For the wages of sin is what? Yes. All of humanity deserved death. What kind of death? Not just any kind of death, but the death that comes by hanging. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree. Eh? He says you have to hang him on a tree. Specific. A tree, he must, he must be hanged. Because that guy has committed a sin, the sin of breaking the law. Next verse. His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in, in any wise bury him that day, for he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God give thee for an inheritance. So Jesus was taking our place as the accursed person. The Bible says that curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangs on a tree. So there was a curse involved. It wasn't just us being prodigal. It wasn't, it wasn't replacing our prodigality, but also replacing our curse, which is the, the curse that comes by virtue of breaking the law. Are you seeing it? So Jesus had to be hanged on a tree. A tree needed to come into place. Not stoning. Because on two different occasions they tried to stone him. Look at John chapter 8. They tried to stone him but it couldn't work because he was not prodigal. John chapter 8. Let's read verse 56 to 59. Jesus said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. You know, they, they, they couldn't take it. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. <laughs> they couldn't take it. Your father, he's talking to the Pharisees. He says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then the Pharisees said, Hey! Next verse. The Jews said unto him, You are not yet 50 years old. We know your age. Remember when you were born. You are not yet 50 years old. And has thou seen Abraham? But you know, Jesus didn't say he has seen Abraham. He said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He didn't say, I met Abraham. He said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. But they weren't hearing what he, they couldn't hear what he was saying. They didn't care about what he was saying. They just wanted to stone him. Then ball up. They were ball up. Hallelujah. And they were so angry with him. Next verse. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Yeah. And, and that, that, that thought is the spot the matter. Because what he was saying was that he was making himself equal with God. He said, Abraham, Before Abraham was, I am. I, I am the great I am. Next verse. <laughs> then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself. And went out of the temple, going to the midst of them, and so passed by. He was able to, he vanished in their presence. Jesus could do that. He could just, they are all looking at him, all of a sudden, they can't find him. Just passing through. And then he went out. This was not, this kind of death. You see, he could have been stoned. Jesus could have been stoned to death. Actually, the capital punishment for Jews is stoning. 
when you do something very wild, the capital punishment for his stoning. Achan was stoned. His family, everybody was stoned. And you know, when it comes to the Jews stoning, the first place they, they, they put you in a trench and they target your head first. They break your skull. Yeah, it was also a very gruesome way to die. But that was not what was designed for our Lord and Savior Jesus to, 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 to go through. Because of the curse that was related to the law, that needed to be taken away. That needed to be paid for. So Jesus needed to be hanged on a tree in order to take care of the curse and to remove all the problems that we have. In, in John chapter 10 as well, they, they tried to stone him as well. John chapter 10 verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. This is very important, but not today. Next verse. Then he says, my father, so he was calling God his father. My father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So notice Jesus was on the same page with the father. He wasn't disobedient to the father at all. Synchronized, highly synchronized. Next verse. I and my father are one. And that's what I just said. He was synchronized with the father. I and my father. He says, nobody can pluck them out of my hand because they can't pluck, it, pluck them out of my father's hand because I and my father are one. The Jews got angry. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Again. This is the second time. Next verse. Jesus answered the, answered the many good works have I showed you from my father. So he's always mentioning my father because he's not prodigal. He says, you guys are prodigal. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because that thou being a man makest thyself God. Look at the next verse. Some people have said that, oh, Jesus never said that he was the son of God. Be there. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your, in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say you of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest because I said I am the son of God. So Jesus said it. Not once, not twice. He said, I am the son of God. Jesus said he was the Messiah. When Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, he said, I am, I am the one you are, the Messiah you are talking about. Jesus would not open up and say the real thing to the Pharisees. He said it to those who were not correct. Because he came to save the sinners. Not those who think they are okay. If you think, okay, Jesus will never reveal his true identity, true identity to you. Yes. So Jesus had to be hung on a tree, not stoned. Because stoning would not pay. It will not take away the debts, the curse. Now, how did the curse of the law come by? Can I show it to you? Deuteronomy chapter 28. Hmm. Verse 15. Look at Deuteronomy 28. It says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I commanded this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. If you don't obey all, if you don't, be, if you don't do it, it shall come to pass. If thou will not hearken and unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these cases shall come upon thee and overtake thee. All. If you don't obey all. And James chapter 2 verse 10 says that if you obey 
and you, you fought in one. For whosoever shall keep the, the whole law and yet offend in one point, is gu- he is guilty of all. If you offend in one point, you are guilty of all. Nobody, no human being could qualify. Every human being was in trouble. All of us were featuring under the curse of the law because we had all broken the curse, the, the law. You break in one point, you are cursed. Let's see some of the cases. I'll read all to you before the day ends, but let me, let me show you some. Verse 16. Care shall thou be in the city, and care shall thou be in the, in the field. Continue. The cases were so many. It's from verse 16 to verse 68. The blessing is from verse 1 to verse 14. And the cases is from verse 15 to verse 68. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Very wild, wow. and every human being had broken the law. Everybody had broken the law. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Not even he says there's not even one righteous. When it comes to those who are not who the, who were not under the law, those that's the Gentiles who were not given the law. Okay, let me show you what what the Bible said about them. <laughs> Romans, book of Romans. <laughs> Chapter 2, verse 12. Romans chapter 2, verse 12. He says, For as many as have sinned without law, it's also those who do wrong apart from the law. Let's read NLG so that we can understand it. Okay, it will be easier. He says, When the Gentiles sin, they will be destroyed, even though they never had God's written law. So they never had God's written but yet they will be destroyed too. And the Jews who do have God's law will be judged by the law when they fail to obey it. So that one group have the law, one group does not have the law, but all of them are not correct. Look at the next verse. For merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. It is obeying the law that makes us right in His sight. You get it? It's obeying righteousness. The righteousness of the law only comes when you have obeyed fully the whole law. Next verse. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know His law when they instinctively obey it even without having heard it so the gentiles who had not heard the law instinctively obeyed it because of their conscience you see there's the law of the conscience and then there's the law of moses the law of moses says thou shall not commit adultery the law of conscience says thou shall not look at the woman with your lustfully you cannot take anybody to court and tell the and say that the accusation is that he looked at my he he looked at my wife or he had bad thoughts about my wife he was having sex with my wife in his head you can never tell can you tell there's no proof there's no proof you can't prove it in court the court needs legal documents witnesses but you can take someone to court for adultery for doing something it's, it's obvious he did it caught in the act so the jews had the physical things that the physical law that gave them rules that could make them could judge them could to could condemn them but the gentiles did not have that one they had the inside one that also condemns them so that's what he's trying to say in these verses even gentiles who do not have god's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it even without having heard it next verse they demonstrate god's law they demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. How is it? Next verse. And this is the message I proclaim that the day is coming when God through Christ Jesus will judge everyone's secret life. 
You who call yourselves Jews are relying on God's law. And you boast about your special relationship with God. So he's done with the Gentiles. He's not coming to the Jews. See, you have God's law. You are boasting that you, it's whatever. Next verse. You know what he wants. You know what is right because you have been taught his law. Next verse. You are convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a light for people who are lost in darkness. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the way of God. For you are certain that God's law gives you complete knowledge and truth. Well then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You tell others not to steal. But do you steal? What's the answer to that? Emphatically, yes. Next verse. You say it is wrong to commit adultery. But do you commit adultery? You condemn idolatry. But do you use items stolen from pagan temples? Emphatically, they are broken. They are not. So Gentiles had broken the law by virtue of their conscience that accuses them or excuses or makes them right. And then the Jews also have that physical thing that tells them that don't do it. And they do it. So all, everybody, my mother would say, condemned to Grebo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody had, was condemned. So Jesus has helped you how to bear the curse. Because all of us, both Jews and Gentiles, have broken the law. I just proved it to you. Everybody has broken the law. Now, the problem with the law is that, you see, in Deuteronomy, in Exodus chapter 19, even before the law was given, this is before the law was given, no? all the children of Israel said, Israelites said, we, listen, God, whatever God is going to bring, we will obey it. We will obey it. Let me show it to you. Can you, can you, can you show it to us? Exodus chapter 19, verse 8. Now, the law had not come. The law was given in chapter 20. That's the next chapter. So before Moses went for the law, to bring to them. This is their response to God. They told God that, God, let's read from verse 7. So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had com- commanded him. And all the people responded together, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you. They said, we will do everything. We will do everything. We will do it. We will do one. Even before it came on. Now, when it was given, when the law was given, the first commandment was, Thou shalt have no other God apart from me. Uh, go, go to verse, verse 2, so that you see. It says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other gods but me. By the time Moses came down the mountain, they had done, they had designed a golden calf. And we were worshiping and dancing around. These are the gods that brought us out of Egypt, whatever. All over the place. Hey. They broke. The, from that day, the curse started. I see it. From the day the law was given, that day the curse began. Because they had broken the very first one of it. You see, we can't, the law is such that you, see, you must understand the nature of the law. The purpose of the law. And the function of the law. You have to understand it. The reason why you, nobody can keep the law is that it was not given. Let me let me show you. <laughs> Look at so you can have a subtitle in your in your note. The nature of the law. I want you to write these things down so that you can remember. Because this is the problem of Christianity now. Because a lot of Christians are trying to live under the law, not knowing what the law is and what its purpose is for. Okay. Why did everybody break the law? Because the law was not given for anybody to keep. In the first place, you can't keep it. 
and God knows that you can't keep it. Huh. So let's start by seeing the nature of the law. Romans chapter 7, verse 12 and verse 14. Let's read King James so that we can understand it easily. It says, Wherefore the law is what? Holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Go to verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So, point number one under the nature of the law is that the law is holy. He said it in a story, have you seen it? He says the law is what? Holy. That's the nature of the law. There's nothing wrong with the law. The law is holy. The next one is that the law is just. It is righteous. The law is holy. The law is just. Have you seen it? Or righteous. Then the next one is the law is good. <laughs> the law is holy. The law is just or righteous. The law is good. The law is spiritual. That's in verse 14. Go to verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual. So the law is spiritual. It's spiritual. There's no, it's a very spiritual document. <laughs> then the next point is that the law was full of life. That's in Acts chapter 7, verse 38. The law was full of life. Full of life. Please make sure you write notes. Don't think that you're a shark. You are not a shark like that. And don't think that you make notes later. You will not do it. Acts 7, 30, says, This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. He's talking about Moses. Says, Moses received lively oracles to give to us. Okay? The word lively oracles is Lordia Zonta. Okay, or life, uh, uh, oracles that are impregnated with life, words from God impregnated with life. So it had life, it had life. The law is a representation of the lawgiver, it testifies of God. So it has the nature of God, which is holiness, righteousness, goodness, life, just spiritual. All of that. But the problem is that the law cannot give anybody life. It is full of life, but it cannot give anybody life. It is full of spirituality, but it cannot give, make anybody spiritual. I don't know if I'm making sense. It is good, but it cannot make anybody good. It is holy, but it cannot make anybody holy. That is the weakness of the law. The law is good. It's holy. It's just. It's all of those things. But it can't do, we can't make anybody holy. Let me show you those ones. So you can, you can go to weakness of the law. The weakness of the law. <laughs> Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 3. The law had weakness. For what the law could not do. So there are things the law can't do. For what the law could not do. In that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Have you seen it? He says that the law was weak through the flesh. So the law had a, weak, a weakness. When it is given to flesh. For flesh to keep. It becomes weak. It rather brings wickedness out of human beings. Because <laughs> that is what it is for. It has a weakness. It can't give 
life and all of that okay so number one is the uh, number one under the weakness of the law is that it could not give life galatians 3 21 it can't even though it is impregnated with life which is the life of god it couldn't give anybody the life of god the law is like a, a, a husband okay who is married to a woman and has given birth to 20 children with a with a woman but it's very disciplined this this man is very disciplined this husband is very disciplined very put together he sits in the hall he doesn't want any debt in his hall any debt in his bedroom any debt in his kitchen any debt anywhere around him he wants his TV in place he wants everything in place and he will not lift a single finger to do anything in the house it has good shoes nice shoes everything it has crosses leg and reading his newspaper and watching TV at the same time and depends on the wife to clean and do everything with 20 children who are ranging between age zero and five children ranging from age zero to five what do they do chaos scatter so the whole house is being scattered but he will not lift a single finger to do anything he has crossed his leg and is depending on the wife telling the wife do this do that do that i don't you know i don't like that you know i don't like you know i don't like this you know i don't so he can't give he can't give any help to the wife he can't it's not his fault he's powerless he can't do that he can't give life that's what his reason says is the law then against god, the promises of god god forbid for if there had been a law given which could have given life it couldn't give life if there had been a law that, that was given that could have given life verily righteousness should have been by the law so it couldn't give life do you get it it is full of life but it can't give anybody life. anybody who tries to keep it <laughs> will have death ministered to it to the person so it couldn't give life it rather ministered death that's the next point it ministered what death the law ministered death second corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 and 7 he says god who also has made us able ministers of the new testament not of the letter which is not of the law but of the spirit for the letter of the law killeth but the spirit giveth life next verse 7 then he says but if the administration of death which is the law written and engraving in stones the law was written and engraving so he's talking about the law the law was written and engraven in stones. He says, but if the administration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious. Eh? He goes on and on and on and on. But he calls it, I want you to notice that he says, the administration of death. It ministered, there was something it could give. What it could give was death, not life. When death come close to me. But the, the law could not give anybody life, but it rather give death. Yes. It's wild though. Let, let me show you the next. It could not make anyone righteous. It couldn't. It was just, it was righteous, but it couldn't make anybody righteous. Galatians chapter 3, verse 21, once again. Is a law done against the promise of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. So it could not give righteousness why because you can't keep all that he says galatians chapter 3 verse 11 go to verse 11 now but that no man is justified or declared right by the law in the sight of god it is evident for the just shall live by faith have you seen it but that no man is justified by the law let's read the nlt so we can understand it 
So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. The Lord cannot help anybody to be made right with God. Romans chapter 3 verse 20. Romans 3 20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. No one can ever, ever. Have you seen it? No one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. It's not possible. So just imagine a Christian who's trying to be right with God through this thing called the law. You are, you are, I honestly don't know what's wrong with you. And the whole of the Bible talks about it. The whole of the New Testament talks about it. Everywhere. Because there's always an attempt by human beings to try and use works to please God. Hey, you are making a very big mistake. I have a whole message on that for you. Hmm. So, point number one under the weakness of the law is what? It could not give anybody life. Number two is what? It ministered death. Number three is what? It could not make anyone righteous. The next point under the weakness of the law is that it ministered condemnation. <laughs> it ministers condemnation. It ministers death. It cannot minister life. And it cannot make anybody righteous. And its, it's job is to minister what? Condemnation. As long as you are flowing in the law, you can never, ever live a guiltless life. It's not possible. Second Corinthians chapter three verse nine. For if the ministration of condemnation, can you imagine? It causes the ministration of condemnation. Let's read the the NLT so we can get it. If the old way, which brings condemnation, its job is to bring condemnation. Its job is what? To bring condemnation. So you are trying to keep it, but what is it going to give to you? Only condemnation. Because it can't. That, that is like uh, telling um, a dog to meow. Meow. What are you talking about? I'm a dog, brother. <laughs> I back. I don't meow. The law cannot make anybody feel okay. It ministers guilt and condemnation. It is the law of the spirit of life that ministers life. Eh? I'm trying to help you because this thing is a very big problem. But I want you to know what it is. So that you don't like bank your hopes on it. It it cannot make anybody not guilty. His job is to make you guilty. It is to condemn you. It can only minister condemnation. If the old ways which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the is the new way which makes us right with God? Yeah. So the old way or the commandments makes us guilty or condemned. James chapter two verse ten also says a similar thing. Look at James 2.10. For the person who keeps all of the law, except one, is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. So, it, it brings guilt. guilt. Eh? King James, please. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. So, it ministers guilt. Nothing more, nothing less. Are you seeing it? The next thing. Hmm. 
it couldn't bless anyone it couldn't bless anyone or it can't bless anyone up to now up to date it can't bless anybody up to date it can't make anybody righteous up to date it can't make anybody not have guilt up to date it can't minister nothing else but death have you seen it galatians chapter 3 verse 10 for as many as of the works of the law are under the curse as many as what are under are of the works of the law anyone who is of the works of the law he says you are under the curse so it brings curses not blessings for it is written curses everyone that continued not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them the one who is who doesn't do everything is cursed so it couldn't bless anybody it could only bring curses I see in it. Hmm. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 26. Deuteronomy 27, 26. Cursed be he that confirmed not all the words of this law to do them. And all the people shall say, Amen. It's in the Bible. And all the people shall say, Amen. He made them say, So be it. Cursed be he that confirmed not all the words of this law. All the words. To do them. Yet if you miss in one, you are in trouble. And it was, there were over 600 laws. So you can keep 609 and miss one. You have faulted for all of them. You stole. You didn't commit adultery. But you are treated like someone who committed adultery. Yeah, you stole someone's sheep. That's it. Every punishment, every case you can think about is coming to you. So the nature of the law was good, just, pure, holy, perfect whatever but it could not give what it had it could not it was pregnant with holiness pregnant with goodness pregnant with righteousness pregnant with life pregnant with all the good you can think about but it could not give anyone that it comes into contact with administers death administers curses administers guilt administers condemnation administers if it touches flesh for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh if it touches if it is given to human beings to keep they can't it's not possible because there was a purpose of the law the law was for a purpose remember when when israel god god spoke to moses to talk to israel israel said with everything that god will say where they trusted in themselves man is such that man trusts in himself man does not think that he is wrong man does not think that he's a sinner god wanted to prove to man that he's all all and all through and through bad in and out you can't help yourself and god wanted to prove it to everybody that is why he gave god the reason for the law was to let man know that he's not correct one of the reasons of the law you see in the old in the new testament jesus there's a an, a nice allegory that is created in the in the new testament when jesus in john chapter 11 when jesus went to lazarus's tomb do you see there was a stone that was rolled over the tomb because the guy was dead right he was dead he was in the tomb and there was a stone rolled over the tomb remember the law was written on stones isn't it we just read it it was written on what stones so it's showing you the purpose of the the, the purpose of the law was to keep dead men dead. I see in it. Was to keep dead men what? Dead. And to manage them in their death until the arrival of Jesus Christ. 
Galatians chapter, chapter 3, verse 19. Where it says, Wherefore then served the law? What was the reason for the law? It was added because of transgressions. Let's read the NLT. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. So it was to hold them until the coming of Christ. What was Jesus coming to do? To come and bring dead men back to life. Then the stone can be rolled away. So when men, dead men are brought to life, the stone is rolled away so that we can walk out of death and come out into victory. No more to be limited with a stone. Are you seeing it? It's so beautiful. So I don't know why we still want to put stones around us. As we are moving, we are putting stones around us. It's, it's a problem. It's a problem. I pray for the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened to see that God does not want you to live according to the law anymore. It's not possible. You can't. Look at that. Look at what look at what the law is. Look at what it gives. It gives condemnation. Problems. It gives condemnation. Hey. When the law comes in touch with human flesh, that's it's gonna be a problem. The law was given to restrain sin. The law was not designed for free men, for righteous men. No. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Let's look at it. First Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Let's read King James, please. Oh, I like it. It says, From which some having swept up turned aside unto vain jangling. Verse 7. Then it says, Designed to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they offend. This is the problem we are having in this our current economy. Hallelujah. It says there are people who are designed to be teachers of the law. And yet they don't understand what they say. Neither do they understand what they affirm. They, because you don't understand what the law is for. That's what I'm teaching you now. It, it can't. It can't give life. So telling people, thou shall not do this. Thou shall not do this. If you, do, if you have not prayed enough, you can't have this. If you, we can't keep it. You, you can't keep it. You, you see, you decided that when the year began, you said you, play, you pray three hours every day. You have broken it already. Haven't you broken it already? Oh, it, it wasn't up to two weeks. Oh, oh. The more you make laws for yourself, that I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to... We were not designed for that. We were designed to look up. You see, man, the, the meaning of the Greek word for man is anthropos. And what it means is the, the one who looks up. Our life is dependent we live when we look up, when we learn to look up. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Our very essence, okay, is designed in us looking up, not looking at ourselves. You can't. The more you look up to Jesus, the more you're able to walk well. The more you're able to live well. The more fruitful you become. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. First Timothy chapter 1. It says, they are designed to be teachers of the law, blah, blah, blah. They don't understand what they are saying. Next verse 8. It says, but we know that the law is good. Is it not good? We all know that the law is good. What the law, what the law is saying is correct. But it's not made for human beings. Governments can function by it. People who are not correct can function by it. It says, but, what we, what, but, but we know that the law is good. If a man uses it lawfully, it must be used lawfully. Next verse. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. The law is not what? I don't know how difficult it is to understand this one. It is not made for a righteous man. 
or the day you, have, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you, you cannot. It's not possible. The life of God that you now have cannot function by the law. It was not made for a righteous man. But for the lawless, the law is made for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers. Next verse. For homongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, that is all the things you know, the homosexuals, whatever. For men stealers, kidnappers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be anything, any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. This is, this is, these are the group of people that the law is made for. Not for the righteous man. It was made for them to keep them behind. To keep them dead. Manage them in death. Until the coming of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Who will come and die and save them. And remove the stone so that they can come into life. That's the purpose of the law. Hallelujah. So let me show you even some more concerning the purpose of the law. So another purpose of the law. To give knowledge of the knowledge of sin. <laughs> the reason for the law is to give you knowledge of sin. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The, the law gives the knowledge of sin. Are you getting it? The law gives what? The more conscious you are of the law, the more knowledge of sin you will have. You will not know what sin is unless the law is introduced. That's in Romans chapter 7, verse 7. Look at Romans 7, 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid, the law cannot be sin. It is holy, right? The problem is that it can't make anybody holy. It says, God forbid. That's an emphatic negative. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law for i had not known last except the law had said thou shalt not covet i had not known i didn't know about last until the law said thou shalt not covet i didn't know about that this was a problem you can be moving around in a system and never touch the air conditions unless we until we tell you don't touch the air condition when we tell you don't touch the air condition there's something that is inside the human flesh that just naturally you will cook there. You will cook by the, the air condition. Have you seen what I'm talking about? You will cook by the air condition. You will bath by the air condition. You will sleep by the air condition. You will do everything there. That's why they say what? Post no bill. And people are posting the bill over there. But if you don't say anything, they may not do it. They may not even see that they have to do something there. So the law was designed to give knowledge of sin. So just imagine a Christian trying to live by the law. You are in trouble. Sin will ever be present with you. Let me show you. There are more wicked things that the law was set for. Wilder things. Are you interested? The next point. The law was given to reveal sin. That was the purpose. To reveal sin. Romans chapter 7 verse 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin that it might appear sin working death in me by that which is good that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful we don't understand NLT exceeding sinful sin might appear whatever okay but how can that be did the law which is good cause my death of course not sin used what was good to bring about condemnation to death 
So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's commands for its own evil purposes. Okay? The law is given to reveal sin. It, it uncovers sin. Every sin that is hiding. When it comes, all the sin will start revealing itself. All the desires, the bad desires in your heart will start coming. It was given to reveal it to uncover sin to make sin exceeding sinful. I don't know if you can read other versions. Do you have a message? I can already hear your next questions. Does that mean I can't even trust what is good? That is the law. Is good just a dang as dangerous as evil? No, again, sin simply did what sin is so famous for doing. Using the good as a cover to tempt me to do what would finally destroy me. By hiding within God's co good command, sin hides. By hiding within God's good commandment, sin did far more mischief than it could ever have accomplished on its own. So the law has, it reveals, it just, it's a precipitate. For, do you understand PPT? Precipitate. <laughs> yes. It, that's what reveals it. Without the law, you will never know sin is there. Are you getting it? And it makes sin exceeding sinful. Okay. The next point. The law is given to increase sin. <laughs> How can you live? This is this what this is what this was set for. So I don't know why you want to live by it. Hmm? I'm just trying to explain to you why it was impossible for any man to, to keep the law. It's impossible. And God did not give it for anybody to keep. God gave it to reveal man to himself, to let man know that you are not correct. You need a savior. Are you ready for a savior? That's what God, God wanted to, everybody to, are you ready for a savior? Are you now seeing that you are not correct? Because they said that we can do it. We go feed one. God said, eh, you go feed one. Okay, no problem. They started revealing. Giving them knowledge of sin. Revealing, precipitating it. Increasing, sin began to increase. Hmm. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. It says, more about the law entered. The law entered that sin, that offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. It says the law entered, the law came in for the purpose that the offense might abound. NLT. God's law is given so that all people could see how sinful they were. Have you seen it? But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. This is my message. My, I've hidden that message. I'll bring it back, okay? But let's just read the first part. Let's read Amplified. Let's see what the Amplified will say. But then law came in only to expand and to increase the trespass, making it more apparent and exciting opposition. How is it? The law came in to increase the trespass or to increase sin, making it more apparent and exciting opposition. More apparent and exciting opposition. BBA. And the law came in addition to make wrongdoing worse. It came to make wrongdoing what? Worse. It came to increase sin. Hmm. The next point. The law is dangerous. Though. All those of you who are interested in uh, I, the, uh, women are not to wear trousers, we shouldn't eat snail, we shouldn't do that. Be there. You have a, an eternal fight, I tell you. You don't like freedom, eh? Ask anybody, do you like freedom? 
Tell about me, I like freedom. I like what Jesus came to do. Tell about I like what Jesus came to do. Yes, I like what Jesus came to do. Like by now, we have all seen. That's a case you are going out with, I tell you. That's what it is what I meant. The law was given to revive sin. That's the next one, to revive. It has a revival ability. And it's revival ability to revive sin. Hmm? Romans chapter 7, verse 8 and verse 9. So you, you, cannot, you cannot live your life on that. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without law, sin was what? Dead. It says, without the law, sin was dead. So sin is dead until the law comes in. Next verse, verse 9. Then it says, for I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, or when the law came, sin revived, and I died. So it's for the revival of sin. as well nobody could keep it nobody could that's why everybody was under the curse of the law you break in one point that's it meanwhile it is not it is telling you what to do but it has a purpose of reviving sin hey hey my boy the next one is to strengthen sin can you imagine the law has a job, a responsibility, or a position, or a purpose of a, a purpose of strengthening sin, makes sin very strong. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse fifty-six. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. The strength of what? That is why it's so difficult to move away from sin. When you are you are trying to live by the law, by the works of the law, I'll show you. Uh, the next, I think next week or next two weeks, we are going to be talking about those things. Yes, I hope you are following. The next point, hmm. more more things concerning the purpose of the law. To impute sin, imputation of sin. You understand imputation? Imputation is to, I, it's, it's the means of identifying with somebody. You see, when I, I lay my hands on the person, what I have can be placed in the person. I can impute or impart. Do you get it? Uh huh. So, um, the the in the Old Testament, the priest, the, the sinner would bring. I showed it to you the last time. Would bring a sacrifice. And then the sinner will lay hands on the sacrifice. When the sinner, the sinner lays hands on the sacrifice, his sin is imputed on the, onto the lamb, the innocent lamb. His sin is removed and put into, it is shifted into the other guy. So the law imputes sin, like it imparts sin. Do you get it? The law has a, has a, a purpose of imparting sin. It, it has an impartation for sin. It will impart you right now. Imputation of sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 13. Romans 5, 13. Unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there's no law. How is it? For unto the law came, sin was already in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. Imputation has to do with even 
uh, being being identified with the, and now you can be judged amplified let's really amplified to be sure sin was in the world before ever the law was given but sin is not charged to to men's account where there's no law to transgress so it's it's for the purpose of you being charged now we can charge you the law comes to imp, to impute to let you know that there are legal implications for what you have done hmm. then the next one is to make sin dominate man the law was given to make sin dominate man <laughs> Romans chapter 6 verse 14 Romans chapter 6 verse 14 for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace so when you're under the law what happens what happens when you're under the law sin has dominion over you when you're under grace what happens to you sin does not have dominion over you now this is the case where christians are under grace but they say they don't like it they want to be under the law so that sin can dominate them they don't like when we say grace it's like it's a problem hey what are you teaching the people do you want them to live whatever you have a problem you have a problem hey. you don't like what jesus has done all that jesus did for us on the cross is called grace yes grace must reign through righteousness righteousness is the first place okay that's what jesus jesus came to remove sin and to make us righteous so that we can have his grace flow into our lives that's in romans chapter 5 verse 21 he says that as sin has reigned unto death even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by jesus christ our lord the main thing that jesus did was to remove sin and make us righteous that's the main thing jesus did now the purpose of righteousness is so that you will be entitled to the grace of god so grace rules in your life through your consciousness of your righteousness if you are not conscious of how righteous you are that you are righteous by faith in jesus christ not by keeping of the law you'll be surprised listen galatians chapter 2 <laughs> verse 21 paul says i do not frustrate the grace of god can you frustrate the grace of god and emphatically you can someone can frustrate the grace of god and he's come to tell you how to frustrate the grace of God in your life. How can someone frustrate the grace of God in it? What is the grace of God? The grace of God is that Jesus has died. Your sin is taken care of. You say Jesus has died. My sin is not taken care of. That's, that's, that's frustrating the grace of God in your life. You still call yourself a sinner. Even though Jesus says that you are not a sinner. You say that you are a sinner. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? You are busy calling yourself a sinner when the Godhead says that you are not a sinner. The Godhead says because of accepting Jesus Christ, you are now a child of God. You are now the righteousness of God. But you claim because of your feelings and what has been happening to you around, you think that what do we do when we are not feeling well? He says, let the sick say what? Let the sick say? Let the poor say? So what you do when you are sick is to declare your health you declare that christ was hung on the tree christ was beaten was lashed by his stripes you were healed by his stripes i am healed isn't it oh, yes. 
when you, you, you require money, you notice that there's lack. What do you do? You declare the, the prosperity that you have in Christ. I'm rich. I'm rich. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be rich. Isn't it? What do you do when you are sinning? But you keep confessing. When you are sinning, you keep confessing that you are a sinner. That is why it is not changing. When you are sick, you confess healing for you to be healed. That's how you express your faith. When you are poor, you are, there's, no, there's lack, you confess prosperity. When you are sinning, what do you do? You confess righteousness. You confess the righteousness of God, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's the grace of God. But you, you may not agree. Paul says that, listen, don't frustrate. I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Yes. If righteousness come by the law, righteousness does not come by the law. Go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. He says, wherefore then... Okay. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster... Okay, the word schoolmaster is the, from the Greek word paidegogus. Paidegogus. P A E D E G O. Paidegogus. G U S. Paidegogus. And it means a child trainer. Someone who takes, the one who takes the child to school. The one who takes the child to, to, to school. He calls the law schoolmaster. For what purpose? The law was given as a schoolmaster to bring us to someone called Christ so that we might be justified by faith. It, 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 the law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. That was, the, that was the purpose. The law was to just bring us safely to someone called Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of the law. For what purpose? When he comes and brings you to the to the to the lord he goes away then the lord justifies you or declares you righteous by faith by faith by your faith in his work i don't know if i'm making sense i'm not making sense by your faith in his work on in jesus's work now you are declared not guilty while the lord is taking you along he was telling you are guilty you are guilty you it's to let you know that you are guilty so that by the time you meet jesus christ you know that you are really guilty so i can kneel down and say hey jesus if you don't save me i'm in trouble I see in it. Yeah. That's the purpose of the law. Come, please come again. Stay there. The law is our schoolmaster. The law is our schoolmaster. For what purpose? To bring us to Jesus. Go to verse 19. Let me show it to you. You'll be surprised. All these things are in the Bible, though. Hey! Wherefore then served the law? It was added because of transgressions. It was added to, to make the transgression real. So he's our schoolmaster. Schoolmaster does not mean that he's a, he's a proprietor. That's not the headmaster. He's not the headmaster. He's the one who takes you to school. Takes you to the school of Christ. Do you see? Yeah. But as he's taking you to school, you don't know why you need... I don't, I don't need... Why do I need Jesus Christ? Why do I, why do I need to I'm go okay. to school? Okay. So as he's taking you, then he starts telling you, you, you are a very bad boy. <laughs> do you know that? You are cursed though. <laughs> you have problems. You have look look at all the problems you have. It is to let you know how exceeding sinful you are, how many problems you have, how terrible you are. 
and how unable you are to keep God's laws. It's not possible. You can't do it. That's his job. Wherefore, the, wherefore the, it was added because of till the seed should come. Till the seed, who is the seed? Jesus. Till Jesus should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. 21. Is there a law against the promise of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. It couldn't give life. So, as he's taking you, he's telling you, death is yours. You are going to hell. You are going to a lake of fire. That's what's that's what going to happen for you. You can't keep me. That, you, have, you have problems. Brother, you have problems. Plenty. That's the, that's the purpose of the law. So, until human beings could not come to the, what you just said, that he has plenty of problems. The human beings thought that. I'm perfect. I'm okay. Yeah, Many okay. Problems. Many problems. The law is given to let them know that you have problems. I don't want peace. I want problems. <laughs> you have problems. So that by the time they get to Christ, so that by the time Christ comes, they can receive him. Because he's the solution for all their problems. Please, are you saying it? Hmm. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have come, should have been by the law. 22. But the scripture has concluded all under sin. So that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ, the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. When you believe in Jesus, is what is the promise? Ask your neighbor, what is the promise? What is the promise? Go to verse 13. Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Next verse. So that the blessing, not the blessings. Not what? There is the blessing. So that the blessing of Abraham, definite article, is one blessing. So that the blessing of God might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the promise is the Spirit. The blessing is up. Okay, go to verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curse is everyone that continue not in the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified or declared righteous by the law in the sight of God. It is evident the just shall live by his by faith next verse and the law is not of faith that the man that doeth them shall live in them go go up i think we've missed it go up to uh you know he's starting sorting the galatian guys and all of that verse three is too far okay from verse three. Oh, foolish galatians next verse you see these guys have started in christ and that grace and as we're going they started keeping the law because someone had come to come and preach to them that they need to keep the law they need to be circumcised before they can be made right with god and paul was so angry with them how can you guys that are upset he says christ was evidently set forth before you crucified paul painted that the, the picture like i'm painting it for you now that Charlie, you are now exempted from the law you can't keep the law you need jesus and faith in Jesus to be made right with God. And they had believed. And then now we're going back to the law. So he was not happy with them at all. Now go to, go to verse 6. Go to verse 6. Okay, let's read from verse 3. You like it. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect in the flesh? He says, have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? 
He therefore that ministered to you the spirit, the one who does minister the spirit to you. Does he do it? He says, and working of miracles, the one who does miracles among you. Do what he did by the works of the Lord or by the hearing of faith. Does he do it by faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Or he does it by his works? None of us can heal anybody by our works. You can't heal living an ant. Nobody can heal an ant. You can't pray for anybody to be healed. You can't, you can't, it's not possible. You can't declare that someone should be saved and the person be saved by because you, you are Ogbona. What do you mean? What do you mean? Brother, shall I, sit down over there. Sit down, sit down. Next verse, verse 6. Then it says, even, you see, he's, he's letting you know what he's really talking about. He says, even as Abraham believed God, he believed though, he didn't work, he believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Next verse. Knowing therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. If you're of faith, if you believe in Jesus Christ, he says you belong to the same class as Abraham. Have you seen it? Next verse. And the scripture foreseen that God would justify the heathen through faith. Justify means to make righteous. The scripture foresaw that God was going to make the heathen, the Gentiles, righteous through faith, preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Have you seen it? Next verse 9. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So the blessing that he's talking about is the blessing of being declared just or righteous. Just as Abraham was declared righteous. I don't know if I'm making sense. Just like Abraham was declared righteous. When he, be when he believed, what did he get? He got righteousness. He got right standing with God. He became a friend with God. That was what he got. Yeah. And that's what you also get when you believe in Jesus Christ. So drop down to where we were reading before. Oh, but before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up unto the faith. Which should afterwards be revealed. Next verse. Wherefore, the law is our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. So that we might be justified or declared not guilty by faith in Jesus Christ. Next verse. But after faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. So the schoolmaster has to go away. How is it? Next verse. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. He's not talking about water baptism. He's talking about the new birth. The new birth. The Holy Ghost putting you into Christ. Says, as many of you as have been baptized or immersed into Christ have put on Christ. Next verse. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither born of free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. Next verse. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed, and hence you are heirs of the promise. Which promise is that heirs of the, of the Spirit? You can now have the Holy Ghost in your life. Righteousness was the beginning of the blessings. When you qualify, when you are made righteous, all the blessings are yours. All the blessings of Abraham are yours. Abraham was blessed because he was declared righteous before God. You see, Abraham lied concerning his wife, didn't he? Or he forgot he lied twice concerning his wife. It was not all that correct, but the blessing of God was still chasing him. Am I saying go and go and lie for the blessing of God to chase you? Shall we sing that great my, my, my husband? He says, God forbid. That's not what we are talking about. But what I'm trying to let you know is that because you are declared righteous by faith in Jesus Christ, now you're entitled to the blessings. You're entitled to the blessings. Say, I'm entitled to the blessings. Say, I'm entitled to the blessings. Hallelujah. Have I helped you with this one? Hallelujah. 
let me finish up with the purpose of the law and I will close, okay? Then next week, I'll continue sharing along this line on how Jesus took the case and what he did with the case. Okay? All debt has been paid. The law said you are owing. Everybody's owing. But Jesus came to pay the debt. So the next point under that is to show all men how guilty they are. The law was given to show all men how guilty they are. Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Galatians 3 19. NLT. Why then was the law given? So it's given alongside the promise to show people their sins. Have you seen it? It's to show you, to let you know how guilty you are. Okay? The next point is to make all men, all men guilty before God. So that at the end of the day, when, by the time you, you arrive, by the time you get to Christ, you know your guilt, the extent of your guilt. And then you can receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Wholeheartedly. And know how much you have been forgiven. If you don't know how much you have been forgiven, you can't love much. Romans chapter 3 verse 19. Romans 3 19. King James, please. Now we know that what things soever the law said, it said to them that are under the law. So that every mouth may be stopped. It's to let everybody mouth stopped. Like you can't you can't boast. You can't boast before God. Nobody can boast. Before we are boasting before God, we can do everything. We can do, we can. The law makes the best of us the worst. The Lord made David the worst. Nobody could qualify. David could not qualify. All those who are not the law could not qualify. Nobody could qualify. All of them were condemned to death. All of them were guilty. Yes. Elijah, all these guys, all these wild guys, they were all guilty. Yes. He says, it is to stop everybody's mouth. And that all the world may become guilty before God. It is to make all the whole world guilty before God. For what purpose? So that the whole world will call upon the name of the Son of God. Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that every who, whoever has the wisdom to call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Are you saying it? Yes. So Jesus comes as our Savior. And you know, Jesus, Jesus never sinned. The Bible says he never sinned. And the, the, he says, which one of you condemns me of sin? He didn't have any sin to pay for. He lived a sinless, perfect life. He kept the law to its zenith. In the height of its height. Yes. The Bible says that he came to fulfill the law. Jesus fulfilled. Can you imagine? Jesus fulfilled the law. Man. I don't know who can do that. He fulfilled the law. And because he fulfilled the law, there was no guilt in him. So he was, he had every right to take our guilt, to take our punishment, to be, to be punished for our debts. Because all of us were owing. Everybody was owing. Matthew 5 17 says, Think not that I'm come to destroy the law. Because the law, the law is good. It's not, I'm not coming to destroy the law. Or the prophets. Matthew 5 17. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I have not come to destroy, but and he did. He fulfilled the law. Because he fulfilled the law, he could 
hang on the cross and take the curse. Remember, the guy, remember, Jeremy 21, 23. You remember that guy? Go to that place. The one who is hanging on the tree is cursed. Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. So Jesus was put on the tree to hang for us. <laughs> because we're the ones to be hanged. But nobody can hang. You can't pay. You can't pay. You are owing. You can't pay. Next Sunday I'll show you the extent of your debt. So Jesus hung on the cross. Curse is the one that hangs on the tree. So he has been hung on the tree. Galatians chapter 3 verse 30. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. He bought us. He paid for the, for the debt that we owed. He paid for it. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hung on a tree. So he hung on the tree so that he can take away the debt. Are you grateful to Jesus Christ? Are you thankful for what he has done for you? Then stand up and thank him. Let's thank him for what he has done. In the curses, another curses in Deuteronomy 28, you see curses for cancer. Cancer as curse boils. Poverty. Wasting away. Drug addiction. Homosexuality. All these things as part of the curses. Which everyone was under because of the law. Because we have broken the law. But when Jesus came, he nailed, the Bible says that he nailed the handwritten of ordinances that was arranged against us. The curses that were arranged against us. The debt that we owed. He nailed it to his cross. So that you and I will be free. Maybe I hear there's some sickness in your body. Listen, Jesus paid for your healing. I don't know what's going on in your body. I don't know what challenge you're facing. You may be thinking that I need, I need to do, I need to qualify. Jesus has made you qualified already. You are already qualified. Maybe you are believing for healing for your mother. You are qualified to believe for healing for your mother. That healing cannot be stopped. That blessing cannot be stopped by anything, by anyone. The law cannot stop it. Satan cannot stop it. Receive healing right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are entitled to it. Receive that breakthrough you need. You are entitled to breakthroughs every day, every day, every day. You are entitled to plenty, to having more than enough. That lack is over. That contract that has been hanging for a long time, which you think is not coming because you did something wrong. Brother, forget about what you did. You are entitled for it. Because you have thought you did something wrong, it's not supposed to come to you. That's why it's not come to you. Today, God is telling you to remove it from your mind. You are entitled to God's best. You are entitled to the best that this world can have, can give. For the promise that Abraham should be the heir of the world was not to his seed, to him and to his seed, through the law, but to the righteous and riches of faith in Christ Jesus. God has made you an heir of the world. Everything in this world belongs to you. All things are yours. All things are yours. You are entitled. You are entitled to having the best. You are entitled to having the best. Whatever is hanging, I declare that it is released for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are entitled to it. You are entitled to it. Receive your blessing. Receive the financial breakthrough. Receive the healing right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I command a new level of breakthroughs for you. 
I command a new level of blessings for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will not go down. You will not go down. The days of going down are over. The days of going down are over. It is time for you to rise. Arise and shine for thy light has come. Brothers and sisters, your light has come. Your light has come. Arise and shine. 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 Because Jesus has had a victory. March on forward. March on forward in confidence. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Prosperity is yours. Victory is yours. Success is yours. Glory is yours. Health and healing is yours. Health and healing is yours. I command that cancer to go. I command that bow to vanish in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive, 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 receive. Because you're entitled to it. Because Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. He paid it all. He paid it all. Father, I want to say thank you for paying it all through us, through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your knowledge. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus for all of us, Lord. Lord, let the eyes of understanding be flooded with light, so much light. Let us have so much light to your glory. And thank you that you aid us to walk in the light of your word every single day of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.